Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks for tuning in. As we get started today, I want to start with another one of my 20 tips for solopreneurs. As I've been saying on all the recent episodes, uh, I'm coming up on April 1st, which is six years that I've been working as a solopreneur. And one of the things that I wanted to do is share these tips, one tip per episode as we lead up to the 1st of April. And today's tip is learn, read, and listen every day. Now, this is advice that comes from my dad. My father lived to be 99 years old, and as he got older, people always asked him how he stayed so sharp because he always was was with it, and he knew what was going on, and he said every single day he tried to learn something new, and maybe that meant reading something in the paper that educated him about something in the economy. Maybe it meant reading a book on a specific topic that followed up on something he saw on TV. Or maybe if he had nothing else, he would pick up the Bible and just read one verse that maybe he had never read before or hadn't read since he was a kid, and it would spark some thoughts. So he believed that if every single day you tried to learn something new, you got better every single day. And as a solopreneur, it can get lonely and you can get very focused on your own job. And so the advice is every day try to learn something new that helps you in your business because that will help you grow every day. And there's never been more access to information than at this time. So you can read a book, you can read a magazine, a newspaper, you can read a blog, you can read something else online, you can watch a YouTube video, you can listen to a podcast like the one you're listening to right now, or you can sign up and take a course online from an instructor or at a university. So every day, just go out and try to learn something new. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Instead of just one guest, I have three, and we're going to talk about the topic of philanthropy, charity, giving back, making a mark in your community. And I have three really fabulous guests who know a lot about this topic, one of which hold, uh, hosts a podcast on the topic of generosity. Another one is the founder of a real estate company that has tied part of her commissions to giving donations directly back into the community. And the third guest is the CEO of the Entrepreneurs Foundation of Central Texas, and they work with startups and growing companies to help them both make stock donations in case they have a future uh, liquidity event, but also they work with them in ways to help get their employees engaged in serving the community. So we've got three really great uh, interviews coming up on this one episode. Now, February is a month that's really important to me when I think about giving back and philanthropy because for eight years now – my family has hosted a fundraiser for the Dell Children's Medical Center for their craniofacial research group. They have some of the best doctors in the area here in Austin, Texas, working uh, to help kids who are born with craniofacial abnormalities. And that could be soft tissue issues like, you know, the, around the lip like cleft and stuff like that, or also hard tissue and bone um, abnormalities and issues. And this is important to us because 13 years ago, my youngest daughter, Kate, was born with a, a – uh, she had a syndrome called sagittal synostosis. And what that meant is that the bones in her skull had fused together prematurely. And this wasn't a good thing. It meant that her brain couldn't expand and grow properly. And as it did grow, it was pushing her head out in sort of not the correct manner. And we were given two choices. 
we could do nothing and raise a kid who would have a pretty seriously limiting social handicap because of the way her head would grow because it wasn't set up to expand properly. Or we could do surgery before she turned six months old where they would remove the entire top of Kate's skull or, or most of it. And that was a really scary thing that we had to face. And we opted to do the surgery because it was the right choice, but it had some risks and it was scary. And now 13 years later, Kate is fabulous. She's in seventh grade. She's really smart. She's fun. She's really precocious. But at the time when she was a baby, we went through some really stressful times. And a couple of years ago, my wife and I were looking and we realized that we were really fortunate. I mean, really, we look at our kids and they're happy and they're healthy and Kate's doing great. And we thought, how can we find a way to give back? And so at the time, they were opening a brand new children's hospital facility in the area where we live that didn't exist at the time Kate was born. And so we started a giving endowment where we pledged just a little percentage of my speaking fees from my speaking business to this fund with the idea of growing it over time. And a few years later, we expanded and started a similar endowment at Children's Hospital of San Diego where Kate was operated on. And we call them the Kate Singer Endowments for Cranial Facial Surgery and Research. And then every February, in addition to the money that we give, we reach out to our friends and our family and people on social media. And now this year, the people who listen to this podcast and ask them if they'll just contribute a little, contribute a little amount. And you know what? No amount is too small because they get stitched together over the month of February and we raise $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 a year and that gets added together. So now over eight years between what we've given and what many generous people have, have donated alongside, it has grown to be a real number between those two hospitals. And we're really proud of what's happening and Kate really likes seeing that what she went through, although she really doesn't remember it, what she went through is having a positive impact helping fund research for other kids who are born with cranial facial issues. So uh, you can go to uh, the uh, notes on this page. There's a link to where you can donate or you can go to my blog at tomsinger.com or at tomsinger.blogspot.com and you can find the story on the eighth annual fundraiser for the Kate Singer Endowment for Cranial Facial Research and you can give a little bit and help us reach that, that number. But I think a lot about giving back and making a mark and, and helping every February because that's Kate's birthday, but also because we've been doing this fundraiser for so many years. So I've been planning to do these interviews for this show and kind of create the, the philanthropy episode. And we'll talk to some people who've seen a lot of different things and hopefully it'll inspire you if you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. Or maybe you're working for a company and you want to help get your coworkers involved in something. Maybe somebody will say something today that will inspire you. Because I believe you don't have to be rich to make an impact on a charity. A lot of people think you have to be a millionaire with a last name like Gates where you're going to donate millions of dollars. But the truth is we can all do it. We can do little things over time and they add up. And I call this term, I call it compounded generosity. Much like compounded interest, I mean, we've all heard financial speakers tell us that the smartest thing you can do to plan for a retirement is start saving early and get that money into something that's going to have growth so that you can have that compounded interest over a lifetime and you'll retire with a lot of money. Now, of course, a lot of us don't start saving for retirement when we're 19 years old, even though that's what the advice is. Start early and you'll have more money. But we do learn as we get older and start to understand that, boy, the sooner we start, the more impact we can have on those retirement funds. Well, I believe the same thing is true for generosity. 
that if you just give a little bit of money over time, it's going to continue to add up. And someday you're going to look back and say, how in the world? I'm not wealthy. How in the world did I ever donate that much money? And here's the other thing. It's not just about money because giving isn't just writing a check. Sometimes it's about volunteering and giving of your time and serving those in your community who need your help. And sometimes it's just about giving that support and sort of those good vibes to other people who are trying to you know, support a cause that's important. It's not just about volunteering and writing money. Sometimes that pat on the back or that tweet about their charity can really help keep them motivated and help keep them going. So I'm going to make that little ask. Find our, find our Kate Singer endowment and make a little donation this February. And if not, find something that's your cause and start giving to it regularly over time. So sit back now and join us as we talk to Kim Trumbo uh, from a Generosity Philosophy Podcast, and we talk to Lori Lowe from Give Realty, and Eugene Sepulveda from the Entrepreneurs Foundation of Central Texas. I really hope that you enjoy these interviews. Now let's invite Kim Trumbo into the conversation. Kim is the host of the Generosity Philosophy Podcast, and she has interviewed over 70 people from all walks of life about how they give back and what causes are important to them. And she is also the author of the upcoming soon-to-be-released children's book, George the Generous Giraffe. And she has been conducting a Kickstarter campaign to be able to fund this book, and she wants to make sure that it impacts children all over the world, teaching them about the good side of being generous and giving back. So, Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. I've, all, I've been a big listener to cool things entrepreneurs do, and so to be able to be on your show, it's really neat. So thank you for inviting me. Well, cool. I'm glad to have you. Maybe sometime I'll have you back and we'll do a whole episode around you and all the cool things you do. Oh, that'd be great. Thanks. So Kim, how did you become interested in this whole idea of the topic of generosity? Well, it's kind of a long story, Tom. So I'll save your listeners and give you the condensed version. <laughs> and essentially what that is, is that you know, my little family, which is just my wife and almost 11-year-old, she turns 11 next week, we'd often sit around the dinner table and, and should on ourselves. And what I mean by that is we would, we would say we should go volunteer more. We should be contributing more to some different organizations because we had been giving back to this one that helps kids in Guatemala, but we felt like we could do more. But, but it was just talk. We were just talking the talk and not necessarily walking the walk. And so I'd been listening to a lot of podcasts and thought it would be neat to have one, but wasn't ever sure what, what would I talk about that people would you know, want to listen to or that I would be interested. As, as somebody with ADHD, sometimes it's hard to get my squirrel brain you know, <laughs> into something that holds my attention. And so I thought, wouldn't it be neat if my family's wanting to know about where we could give back more and volunteer and get involved. Maybe there's other families across the world who have this desire to want to be more generous. So I could call around to nonprofits and charities and just find people on the internet who are generous and ask them about it and record it. And it could be a podcast. And so as you'd indicated, I'm 70 something episodes in and I just love doing it, and I'm very passionate and excited about every single person I interview because they're doing, they're doing great things and are very, are very generous, and so it's neat to be able to highlight them. Well, your podcast is great, and you really do highlight some really amazing stories about people who are changing the world, so thank you for doing that. 
So, so what is the main theme that you've learned from having interviewed so many people, especially when it comes to sort of the business people? What's the main theme that you've learned that everybody has in common? Oh, I think it would be that just giving, I think that people, I shouldn't assume, but oftentimes I, I feel and wonder if people don't think that you have to have a lot of money to give. And I know myself, I used to think that one of these days when I'm retired and I have this big lump of money, I'll be able to give back more. And a lot of these people that I talk to who run these nonprofits or, or who are in the business world have this common theme of you can give a little and still make a difference. And so it doesn't always have to be money. It could be your time and volunteering or your talent or your skills and it could even just be with your neighbor or a friend. It doesn't have to be through an organization. And so I guess that's kind of one of the common themes that I, I see to be true, Tom, is that, you know, you could give a little or you could give a lot and it doesn't always have to be cash. <laughs> so what is the coolest thing you see out there in today's world of giving back? You know, I just had interviewed and it's actually going to be this week's uh, episode on generosity philosophy, a a, it's, it's a crowdfunding, if I could spit it out, I'm so excited about it, I can't even talk. It's a crowdfunding platform that, it, that in itself is a nonprofit to help other nonprofits who specifically help animals. So I just think that, that is a great idea because there are a lot of us who want to help uh, animal lovers, who want to help animals, but we're not sure which animals or where. And if you're to go to loveanimals.org, you can see all these different videos and photos and organizations from all over the world who have different projects. And by giving $5, $10, whatever you can afford, you feel good in your heart that you've helped these animals and um, fundraise, crowdfund for their project. And the neat thing about it is unlike Kickstarter, which is kind of an all or nothing they still get the proceeds, even if they don't meet their goal. So I think that's really neat. That's cool. So speaking of Kickstarter, you have your Kickstarter campaign to be able to fund your book, George the Generous Giraffe. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your book? Sure, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that, Tom. I, since I was little, have loved like Dr. Seuss-type books where they rhyme. And I decided that why not create a children's book that rhymes, and has a message about generosity. And my father's name was George, who's passed away, and he was a very generous man. So I suppose that's why I decided to name the giraffe George. But I came up with the concept that it would be neat to have a, a positive social value correlated to, to an animal with every letter of the alphabet. I'm starting with George, which seems a little bit backwards to start with G, <laughs> but um, it's just because generosity is the name of my podcast, Generosity Philosophy. And George is a generous guy in the book. He, uh, he's so generous, he ends up giving everything he has away. And he looks around and realizes, well, now if I don't have anything, then how can I give back? And you'd like this part, Tom, because he's a little uh, entrepreneurial in the sense that he uses his existing talent and skills of telling jokes. Because like I said, he's a funny guy. And he and his animal friends decide to put on a talent show where they make money. And then he's able to go back to his generous ways. And so it's just a short, maybe about 20 pages, but very colorful and written in rhyme to help encourage children to be generous. 
Well, great. I look forward to seeing that book once it comes out. Well, Kim, thanks for helping us in this conversation about generosity today. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me on your show. I'm honored now to invite onto the show Lori Lowe from Give Realty in Austin, Texas. I have known Lori since she started her company, which gives part of the proceeds of what they earn directly to charity. She's in the real estate business and she takes a percentage of the commission and the buyer gets or seller gets to direct that directly to a charity of their choice. So Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tom. So, appreciate being here. So tell us a little bit more about Give Realty. So Give Realty, we are we are indeed a philanthropic real estate brokerage. We donate 25% of our gross commission back to the nonprofit of our client's choice. And our whole goal is to engage our client um, in the community. And if they're already engaged in the nonprofit community, to be like a stepping stone on a path of giving so, them. So how many years ago did you start Give Realty? I started Give Realty in July of 2008, six weeks before the financial markets collapsed. So it's oh. been, definitely been an interesting journey. <laughs> yes, that that has been a, a, I started my business in April 2009, so I'm right with you, I understand. <laughs> there you go. So what I love is in that short amount of time, in just over six years, how much money has been donated to charities? Well, um, we are just honestly getting ready to make the donation in the next couple of days that will put us over $400,000 in charitable donations to roughly 120 nonprofits. That is of which so, 90% stays in Austin, which is amazing. That is so amazing that, you know, you started mm-hmm. off by yourself, you now have other people in the company, but that one person in just six years has been able to help direct over $400,000. That's that's incredible. And, and I think anyone can do something like this, right? Absolutely. It's just really making the commitment to do it. Um, I think that probably was the hardest the hardest part, and yet the part that makes Give Realty very unique um, is the fact that we did start with when the market, the real estate market was in a real crisis, and but we stayed true to the business model of giving 25% back every time. And that, like I said, it was very difficult to do in the early, in the beginning. And it's still not easy by any means because basically every agent that works with Give Realty has to kind of choose to belong to it and ultimately we tend to choose our to live our lives a little bit differently, but that's our own choices as being agents for the brokerage. Um, and yet it's been the thing that has really allowed us to thrive um, because we are committed to giving 25%. So I imagine, Lori, when you started Give Realty, there were people in your business and, and maybe some advisors from other industries who said, oh, no, 25% is too much. You you cannot do this. This will never be successful. Were, th- were there naysayers? Oh, right. Yes, there were, and there still are, <laughs> actually. Um, but I tend to argue. I tend to argue a lot against that just because of um, the beauty of the model. It's beautiful in so many different levels, but the true, the beauty of the model is the caliber of clients we get to, we attract to the business. Um, they tend to care about other people and that about making the world a better place. And along with that, they tend to, for whatever reason, be a, a little bit financial, a little bit more financial savvy, I would say. Um, they tend to, it's it's an easier process, let's put it that way. But I wonder, how can you have naysayers today when you have a six-year track record and $400,000 that has impacted the community? Well, there's a big, there's, there's a big question mark with some people. Because, you know, it's that old saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. 
So there's, you know, some people just automatically assume that we add the charitable charitable component to our commission rate, which is not true. Um, We charge more for our services or that we give less services. We don't service our client as well because of the charitable donation. And ultimately, that's um, uh, uh, just clarifying for the clients and the customers and the people that are interested. I'm a firm believer that no matter how much you say you're going to give, if you're not good at what what you do, then you're not going to give anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, absolutely. And you're right. The more money we give, the more the fewer naysayers we have. But it, it's I still do run into it. One thing I've discovered just in my own career and hanging out with a lot of entrepreneurs, and certainly in the last about four months that I've been you know conducting interviews with really interesting people here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, I do find that some of my favorite entrepreneurs, the ones I admire the most, they do want to give back and they do want to make a mark on society. And so I imagine there's someone who's listening to the show right now who realizes that you know you've tied a portion of your income directly to giving who maybe mm-hmm. has the has a business or maybe they're dreaming of starting a business what advice would you have for somebody who wants to do the same thing who essentially wants to to tie their success to how they give right for a lot of people it's really hard especially at the onset to you know give dollars back but there's so many other ways to get engaged with the community um, that you'll be rewarded um, for many different things like volunteering, becoming a board member. I think there's roughly probably somewhere between five and 7,000 board member positions open in just in the Austin area alone. And you, you, you learn a lot of skills and, and on the volunteer side, I would say you also learn about a lot, not only a lot about your community, but a lot about yourself. And then if you have a talent, if you're a great web designer, if you can do things and help help a nonprofit in any way, um, you can start that way. If you have a product that you can actually give to a nonprofit or an auction type of item and those types of things, don't let revenue and not being able to give dollars make you not want to engage with the, with the nonprofit community and the community at large. So what has been your best story about being a giver and tying your business to charity? Uh, just one, just one. No, I would, I would have to say the ones that touch me the most are when a client who used the services of an organization um, is able to come full circle and give back to that organization. And specific, we've had more than one client who had to actually use safe place services. Um, so they needed, they needed, they were in a, some type of, you know, bad relationship and needed to get out of a bad situation and took advantage of those services and then made it through and came back and were able to give back through a home purchase. And that's pretty amazing to see it come full circle like that. Well, that 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 is wonderful. And I think what you've done and the impact that you've had in, in our community is fantastic. So I want to I want to salute you and I want to thank you for being here on the show. And I really believe that you don't have to be rich to impact a charity. And I think that you have taken right. that statement and, and lived it. Not not that you're not rich. You're rich in so many ways, but that you oh, have yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that you have really lived that in the way you've started your real estate company. So I'd like to salute you. And again, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Any last advice for any entrepreneurs who are listening? Um, you know, it's a perfect segue what you just said. I think people really need to look at what they consider success to be 
and what value is to them. And a lot of times it doesn't have to do with uh, dollars in a bank or the zip code you live in. So I think it's just being true to yourself and what is important to you and figuring out a way where you can engage and get others engaged as well. All right. Well, I appreciate you, Lori. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. I want to shift gears now a little bit because we talk a lot about the fact that you don't have to be rich as an individual to have an impact. However, this is true for companies too. Sometimes when we think about philanthropy and charity and we think of companies, we think of big companies like Microsoft and Dell giving money and having this huge impact. But really, smaller companies and growth-oriented organizations also can have an impact. So joining us right now is Eugene Sepulveda, and Eugene is the CEO of the Entrepreneurs Foundation of Central Texas. Eugene, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. So tell us a little bit about the Entrepreneurs Foundation and your mission and who you serve. Sure. We were founded in 1999 by a group of philanthropists, well, a group of entrepreneurs um, and venture capitalists, mostly, so that companies that were receiving funding um, investments from the venture capital community could set aside some equity so that when that when their company was successful, there would be a pot of money uh, that they could make grants to to nonprofits. And you do more than just gather stock options from them because you also help these companies get their people involved, correct? You know, the original thought was, hey, let's just set aside some equity and then we got it done. Um, you got to remember, this was a very young industry in Austin back in the 90s, and people were really overworked. It evolved, especially when there was a 2001 meltdown and people had a little bit more time. It evolved to, wow, maybe we should do more than just give money. Let's give some of our intellectual capital. Let's give some of our time. And member companies started asking the Entrepreneurs Foundation to help them do that. So why is it important for small and growing companies to sort of make giving and philanthropy, whether it's money or time, why is it important for them to make that part of their culture? You know, my management guru, Peter uh, Drucker, says, strategy, uh, says culture eats strategy for breakfast. And... Business leaders today and managers understand that corporate culture drives performance, drives commitments, drives profitability and valuation. And embedding a sense of community, a sense of doing well for others, uh, a sense of being it being more important than just oneself, is really good for companies as so, well as individuals. So, what are some success stories that you can share? Gosh, uh, you know, Silicon Labs raised millions of dollars and, and gave it away to build housing, to build quite a bit of housing with Habitat for Humanity, with LifeWorks for Runway Youth. Bizarre Voice is continuing to, to invest in education programs that promote entrepreneurship among youth. Uh, you know, we just had... Um, uh, Gazang, which which made some you know twenty thousand dollar unexpected grants to nonprofits. I think it was about five of them. We sent them out to these nonprofits. I'm sorry, it was three of them. We sent them out to nonprofits, and they got an unexpected check. I mean, this is like mana from heaven. <laughs> and uh, the companies, you know, whether it's Bizarre Voice or or. Um, Gosh, there's just a bunch of companies where their employees are really involved and committed to nonprofits and make a difference on the ground. So if a company is in the Central Texas area and they want to find out more information about the Entrepreneurs Foundation, how do they find you? No, we are at AmplifyAustin.org where they can email uh, info at AmplifyAustin.org or they can call me directly. 
So, and what if someone is listening to this and they're outside of Central Texas, they're somewhere else in the United States or around the world, are there other organizations like yours where they can get involved? You know, there are 11 other entrepreneurs foundations around the states and one in Tel Aviv. Um, and so you can plug in by just Google and Entrepreneurs Foundation in those communities. Uh, they can call us and, and particularly Colorado, Austin, and Silicon Valley uh, work with a lot of companies from other places. But, you know, there's also usually, increasingly, there's organizations through community foundations that are um, at least in the financial model, which is accepting stock and closely held companies. So when that monetizes, there will be a donor advice fund. So Eugene, what advice do you have for maybe an entrepreneur of a growing company who says, yeah, we probably should do something? What advice do you have for him? Well, I'd say the advice is listen to your gut. Um, You know, you don't find many um, entrepreneurs who get successfully funded, whose boards don't have a sense that that these folks won't pay attention to corporate culture. And um, I think people know that if they have a mission-driven company, a mission-driven, purposeful company, that they, their probabilities of success are, are much greater. I think look for a partner in the community. You won't have extra personnel when you start out that can spend the amount of time helping you do this correctly. But you have a lot of nonprofits and intermediaries like the Entrepreneurs Foundation that are there that are funded by others who have already done well so that companies that are just getting started can do so. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on on this episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I hope you enjoyed those short interviews with some really smart people who are doing really cool things. Before we go, I have a special guest. Who am I sitting here with? Me. And who are you? Kate Singer. I'm sitting here with my 13-year-old daughter, Kate. So, Kate, you don't remember anything about your surgery because you were just a baby. Is that right? Yes. But you have watched us raise money over the years. Yes. And what's the coolest part of the Kate Singer Endowment for Craniofacial Research? I like how every year we make more and more money, and I think that's really great that this cause is getting that. So that's fantastic. Is there anything you'd like to tell people who are listening? I would like everyone who's listening to donate a couple of dollars to the Kate Singer Endowment. So, Kate, are you happy that I put you on the podcast? Yeah. (laughs) You can tell she's thrilled. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to this week's edition. I'll be back in a couple of days with a new show. In the meantime, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.